Lord, open my lips that my mouth may proclaim your praise. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I just got to do it one more time. Hallelujah, the Lord is risen. Okay, let's try that one more time. Hallelujah, the Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. All right. It's not often in the Episcopal Church that we can really let loose like that. So, you know, let's do it when we can. Our brothers and sisters can shout out, Amen, Hallelujah, all the time. We tend to be a little bit more circumspect than that, but not on this day. And shout out, Hallelujah, the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Um, in uh, many years ago, when I was um, a businesswoman traveling throughout um, the world, actually uh, many places, you know, that long ago, when you would go into foreign places, um, you would go into shops and you'd find all kinds of different things there that were indigenous to the country. And um, I traveled to Indonesia and all through Europe. And so there'd be different things that you want to kind of bring back. Well, roll the clock forward many, many years. And now if you go to those places, you find that the ubiquitous mall has transferred itself all over the world. And so what you find in those malls these days are the same shops, the high-end shops that you can find in any mall anywhere. And so you have, you know, the Louis Vuittons and the Rolex and all of those kind of shops. But you also find in the back alleys the knockoff shops. And, uh, and so there's a story of this one man that went along and he was just kind of wandering through and went into a shop and there were these knockoffs. And he said, well, these are not the genuine article. And the man said, no, but these are the genuine fakes. They sell the fake fakes down the road there. (laughs) So not only is the genuine article, there's the genuine fake, and then there's the fake fake. Well, you know, over the years, what has happened uh, is the genuine article of Christianity, um, in some cases, has been modified. It looks like the original, um, sounds a little bit like the original, but doesn't have the power of the empty tomb and the risen Lord uh, that the original has. It's the fake fake. And they've given a name to this. It's kind of, it's, it's a cultural thought of this is what Christianity really is. Now, you don't have to remember this name. It was just given it that, but I'll tell it to you. It's moralistic, therapeutic, deism. Okay, and I only tell you that because you've got to be aware of it. You've got to be aware of what the the texts are, the subtexts are out in the culture that are presenting themselves as Christianity, but that are truly not uh, the true Christianity. They don't have the power of true uh, Christianity. So moralistic It sounds, again, looks like the genuine article, but truly isn't. doesn't last as long either, like the knockoffs, right? So um, moralistic, it it comes about, and people will think that if I'm nice, uh, 
if I'm good and if I'm fair, then I'm doing what God wants and I'll get to heaven when I die. If I'm good, if I'm fair, and if I'm nice, then I get to heaven when I die. The problem is, is that what is the standard for goodness? What is the standard for fairness? And what is the standard for niceness? Well, depending on who you ask, there are any a number of different options for what that standard is. It's very personal. Well, I think goodness looks like this. I think fairness looks like this. I think niceness looks like this. So there's no definite standard out there. It's just whatever we feel, whatever we think looks like being goodness. But if we've learned anything from this Holy Week, it's that our standards are flawed. See, we can make that standard move however we want to make it move and feel that we're pretty good. Um, on any given day. But in actual fact, Holy Week has taught us that we are not good in and of ourselves. There is only one who is good, and that is God. He is perfectly good, and we all fall short of the mark. None of us are good. In fact, we have goodness and evil running through each and every one of us. Evil is not just out there, although we've seen that in spades this last year. But there's good and bad. Paul says, I do the things that I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I want to do. That's true of all of us. That there is sin in and of ourselves. We have sin. We carry sin in ourselves. Otherwise, if we could just be good by ourselves, we wouldn't need a saviour. Why why would we need God to become incarnate to be amongst us if we could be good and fair and nice in and of ourselves to the level of God's righteousness? We We heard over and over again that sin was the problem. If the cross was the solution and God is omniscient, all knowing, then what was the problem? If for God, who is not us, who is not a big, you know, man in the sky, but if God is God, who he is, and his solution to the problem was him coming to earth and dying for our sins, how bad was the problem? The problem was really bad. We heard over and over again this Holy Week. He has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. He was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And by his bruises we are healed. You see, he came because fallen humanity cannot in and of themselves, live a good life. It is impossible for us to do that by ourselves. Paul puts it this way, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And St. John, in his epistle, likewise says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in it. You see, Christianity is not about us trying to live good, a good life, a fair life, and a nice life according 
to our standards. It's about receiving Christ's righteousness. We have no righteousness in ourselves, but we receive it from Christ. In baptism, we die on the cross with Christ, and we're raised on this day. Alleluia, the Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. (coughs) The tomb is empty. And so on this day, we rise with Christ. We're no longer buried in the tomb in the way of our old life. Paul says this to the Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. In Christ, the old has passed away and the new has come, new creation. And he transforms us from the, out, from the inside out so that we become righteous like Christ. We take on his righteousness. What we can't do in and of ourselves, Christ does by dwelling in us and transforming us from the inside out. <coughs> Excuse me. It was an early morning, sorry. It was a glorious early morning, but it was an early morning. So in this, in this fake Christianity, <coughs> moralism is the determining factor. So if we're, if we're good and fair and nice, but we see that true Christianity is not like that. Therapeutic. <coughs> the therapeutic culture says the goal in life is to be happy and to feel good about myself. Is to, and, and you know what? There's a certain truth to that. But when we put ourselves in the middle, then we go shopping around to try and find out where makes us the most happy. We might shop churches. We go looking for places that can help us, that can help us with our addictions, that can help us with singles groups, that can help us with groups for divorced people, which can help us (coughs) raise the children with children's programs. Those are all good things. Those are all really good things. But when we're placed in the center of our lives, we're out of alignment with God because God is the center of our lives. God is in the middle. When we place the eye in the middle of sin, that's what it is, isn't it? Sin is I in the middle. When we place God in the middle, then all of our lives come into accord with God. One author put it this way, we want our religion to be like our morning drink, warm, comfortable, and sweet. Um, I hope... um, We're somewhat comfortable this morning. But it's about God. It's about aligning our lives with good, with God. Jesus said, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. We're to lose our lives, paradoxically, to get the fullness of life. Only in losing our lives, putting God absolutely in the center of our lives then do we gain the fullness of light and we become more fully human. That's the true 
Christianity. True Christianity is, is getting ourselves out of the center of everything and placing God right there, living surrendered life. Because God's not a cosmic therapist. He is there for us, but he is not a cosmic therapist. It's not about how I feel. It's about how well we follow God and receive that blessing in following him as the center of our lives. Deism, moralistic, therapeutic deism. We'll be over with this in a little bit. Deism is a belief that God uh, created the whole world. He was indeed the creator. But after he had created the whole world, he kind of took his hand off of it and said, get on with it. Um, except when we have a problem and then we go to God. Otherwise, um, God's not really part of our lives. It's just, it's like, you know, I, I love Jeannie. Do you remember? Well, some of you might not, but you know, you rub the, you, you rub the Aladdin's lamp and, and Jeannie comes and answers whatever it is that, that you want. That, that's not God. God's not a magician. He's not our genie in the bottle. God, and that, and that speaks against the incarnation. That's the fake Christianity because the true Christianity, God becomes man. <coughs> not because he's taken his hand off of his creation, because he loves us so much that he comes and lives amongst us, not only living amongst us, but dies for us. He's not a distant God. He's a very present God. He comes with us and then promises, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There is not a breath in or a breath out, but the God is not intimately present with you. He is not distant. He is here and he resides in you. If you have been if you have died with Christ in baptism and been raised with him, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. That's God. That's the third person of the Trinity. Dwells within you. As close as you to you, knowing you better than you know yourself. He is not distant. He has come. And he's come on this day, on Easter, to make us new. New creation, as Paul said to the Corinthians. See, uh, John wants to make quite clear in the gospel that was read this morning that we know that this is the first day of the week. The first day of the week, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb. See, the sixth day of the week in creation, um, who was created on the sixth day of the week? Mankind was, huma- was created on the sixth day of the week in the creator nar- narrative in, uh, in Genesis. And on the sixth day of the week in Holy Week, Jesus, the God-man, stands in front of Pilate and he says, Behold the man. For the first man, Adam, fell, but the new man, Jesus, who is also God, is the new man. But before we can accept and receive what he does for us, all of the evil, all of the darkness, all of the enmity of the world is thrown at him on the cross. And he bears it all. He bore all our infirmities. He takes them into the tomb with him. The seventh day of creation, what happened? God rested on the seventh day. 
On the seventh day, yesterday, Jesus rested in the tomb. You know, it's that quiet day. Wasn't it a quiet day? For me, it was a quiet day yesterday. I couldn't wait until today. It was a quiet day. He rested on the seventh day. So this is the first day. This is the first day of new creation. It's actually the eighth day of creation. Sometimes it's called that. It's called the eighth day because the original creation went from day one to day seven. But when Jesus burst through the bonds of death and out of the tomb, he burst out in new creation. Heaven's dimension where God is intersects with earth's dimension where we live in this one God-man, Jesus, who now has overcome sin and death for us, bursts out of the tomb and new creation, body, a body like this body, but not like this body. This body is getting old, it's getting decrepit and it's falling apart. The new body doesn't. The new body, Jesus is the first fruits. That's the promise. We all get to have that body when he returns. A real body. And we, we, we don't go to live up in the sky somewhere. He makes all of creation new. It started on Easter morning. New creation has come to pass. It's not in the fullness as it will be, but victory has been won. Christ is the victor over all of evil over death and when he comes again when he returns that new creation will be fully ours what is now part of us but not fully how it will be it's an embryo but it is still there we can still live in this victorious life that is ours through Christ's death and resurrection of course, you know, he's won, the, he's won the entire war. He's won the final battle on the cross. It's been won. We know the end of the story. Now, what happens in, in war is, is the enemy doesn't like to surrender. And there are these terrible skirmishes that go on. And we've been seeing this this last year. Evil raises its head. It knows the final ending too, that it's been trampled down. But it skirmishes and evil still comes. But we can live in the middle of that victorious lives. In the words of N.T. Wright, God's kingdom has appeared on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we pray for, isn't it? On earth as in heaven, God's dimension, remember, not heaven out there in outer space somewhere, but God's, where God is, a spirit. And, and those two intersect, they overlap. They're parallel and then they intersect and overlap. Earth as it is in heaven. And you're invited, N.T. Wright says, to be part of it, to be plunged into it in baptism, to eat and drink it in the Eucharist, to celebrate it in worship, and to explore it in prayer. 
take the scriptures in one hand and the power of God in the other, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, St. Paul tells us is ours. It's been given to us. The same power that made new creation, that was victorious over sin and death, has been given to us. He says, take the scriptures in one hand, the power of God in the other. Take a deep breath of the air of new creation which blows through the world on Easter Day and find what you can do to make new creation happen. You see, it's not just for us. New creation is for us, but it's, it's for the world. We're to take new creation out into the world to spread God's kingdom out into the world. He says, the powers of death and hell will be cross with you for doing so. Yeah, we, we know that. Some of us have experienced that. The powers of death and hell will be cross with you for doing so and you'll face battles on the way. But he says this, go back again and again to the fact of Easter. The enemies are a beaten rabble. God's new creation will win the day and you must be a part of it. This is the genuine article. This is the one that has the power. This is true Christianity. We don't get to do it in and of ourselves. We place our focus on God who came close to be with us, went to the cross for us. And through that, we can live victoriously in enemy-occupied territory. This is the real McCoy, the genuine article. This is the good news. It's news. He's burst the bonds of death. The tomb is empty. The victory is won. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia.